Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Like a Bank, where we show you how to think like a bank using the same strategies and principles that banks use to help you find more financial freedom in your life. I'm your host, Sarah Ibrahim. So to kind of touch on the core principles of what we talk about thinking like a bank, we talk about owning or investing in real estate, having safe and predictable income, uh, saving on taxes or lowering your tax liability, owning a business and scaling a business, and kind of some of these even intertwined together. And I wanted to, for today's episode, talk about scaling your business and, and what are the ways to do so other than just increasing revenue or increasing clients could be by raising capital from outside investors. Now, although it kind of sounds like an easy thing to do, it's not easy, actually. And there's a lot of rules and laws that go into place and expertise that's required. And I want to make today's episode specifically about this is how to raise capital. And I have with us today a very special guest. His name is Bridger Pennington. And Bridger has been doing a fabulous job online of kind of promoting how to uh, run and scale funds. He's the founder of an investment group that has done over 317 deals in the last three and a half years. He started his own fund uh, through Investment Fund Secrets, an online, online program to help people start on investment funds through working, but, sorry, without working on Wall Street or having an Ivy League degree. Bridger has spoken on stage to tens of thousands of people across the United States and is on a mission to help entrepreneurs scale their businesses through launching their own funds. Bridger, welcome to the show. Sorry. Thanks for having me. It's going to be fun to talk today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited. This is something I kind of geek out on. So I'm going to have a ton of questions for you. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into that, can you, do you mind sharing with us like your backstory and kind of how you got involved in all of this? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, my name is Bridger Pennington. Hi, welcome. It's going to be fun to talk today. We're going to talk funds. I am um, like, you know, you just mentioned I've, you know, ran funds for a while. I've, my family's all in, inside in funds. My dad uh, co-founded a DECA billion dollar fund. My brother, chief compliance officer to, at an $800 million fund and then is launching his own fund actually right now, leaving that, leaving that group. And anyway, it's pretty cool to see what we've been able to do. And I've launched two funds, launching a third fund right now. Um, but yeah, when, when I first kind of, how, like, how do we get in this game, right? None of us went to Ivy League schools. None of us did the Harvard route or the Wall Street 20 years of investment banking. Um, we kind of got into this unconventionally. And that's what kind of led us. And I am um, starting out, I don't know, uh, your listeners are probably this way, but I, I got into college and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I wanted to be wealthy, right? I wanted to set up, you know, I want to be a millionaire when I was whatever years old and set this goal that I was going to be wealthy. Right. And I, I, you know, went after it and I got, I was really ambitious, got into college. I was like, I'm going to get this. And I started six businesses. My first two years of college, pretty much any business like you can hear of online. Like I tried, like I did real estate wholesaling. I did Forex trading. I sold essential oils. I built websites for people. I mean, I was doing like I tried all this stuff and it was actually good. I made, I did Chinese tutoring. I did a business. I speak Mandarin. And anyways, it was good. I made a little bit of money. I did all right. My dad finally grabs me and he goes, Bridger. And by the, by the way, I, I grew up in a very average middle-class house. My dad drove a crappy car. He's just an entrepreneur. We kind of had the ups and downs of entrepreneurship as a kid. And so that's, we just kind of lived in this normal fine, you know, it was nice enough, but just a normal really kind of area. And he says, Bridger, I want you to go meet with one of my business partners. And he goes, I think this guy can help you out a lot. I think, and I was like, okay, I'll go meet with this guy. So we set up an appointment and I start to drive to this guy's house and I pull up to this gated community. The gate comes up. I'm like, huh. I'm like, this is a pretty nice area. I pull through beautiful homes on the right and left. I'm driving by. I pull up this top of this hill cul-de-sac to this absolute massive white, beautiful home. It kind of encompasses the whole cul-de-sac. It's got the cars and the pool in the backyard and the big property. It just is amazing. And I get out, I'm like, holy, is this, I'm like, is this, this is my dad's business part? Like, who is this guy? This guy is incredible. And I get out, I walk up to the door, I knock, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm like, I don't even know, like, there's going to be some butler that's going to come and kick me off the property or something, right? So I, uh, anyways, 
he, I, thankfully he answered or Bridger, come on in. He welcomes me in. I walk in and, you know, we walk past the, the huge house, vaulted ceilings, the whole thing. I sit down on his couch, big white couches. And we start to chat and I started asking about business and life. And I finally get to the point, I go, how did you get all of this? And I kind of point at everything, right? Like this, every, <laughs> how'd you do this? <laughs> and he, uh, he kind of laughs and he goes, um, Bridger, not very many people ask me that question. And I was like, oh shoot, like I, maybe did I, did I see something wrong? He goes, no, no, you're fine. It's just, hey, and he goes, let me tell you. And he goes, when I was in my twenties, I was a lot like you. I, I had started a bunch of business. I actually, he had these, like I had decent success in my twenties. I did very well. But then he goes, then I figured out the secrets of the ultra, ultra wealthy. He goes, what ultra family, ultra wealthy families do, they all will get their kids and make sure they get into the best universities. Sometimes they cheat to get them in, mm-hmm. right? We've seen that on, on the news, <laughs> cheat to get them in or just get them in normally. And then they want them to go work in consulting, investment banking, maybe a big tech firm. And they want them to go work in typically private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, or come back home and run the family office. And they all work in this fund space. And he was like, Bridger, you know what a fund is? You ever heard of funds? And I was like, not really. And he goes, have you heard of private equity funds, hedge funds? And I was like, yeah, I've kind of heard. It. I don't really know what it is. He goes, what a fund is, essentially what a fund is, is a pool of money. Invest, all, it's in the most basic terms. It's a pool of money. Investors mm-hmm. put money in that pool. And then us as fund managers can draw from that pool of money. We make investments, private equity. You would buy and sell private businesses. Mm-hmm. Hedge funds, you buy and sell public securities. Mm-hmm. Real estate funds, you buy and sell real estate. It's the exact same. Actually, the structure is almost identical they're just buying different assets mm-hmm. and they just have different labels on it. People, venture capital, they just invest into small startup companies. That's, that's it, right? It's just a different pool. And so he goes, and these, these people are, are some of the wealthiest people on the planet. Some of the highest earning income people on the planet run funds. If you look at the Forbes 100, it's riddled mm-hmm. with fund managers. Mm-hmm. And so he said, he said, when I was, you know, back in kind of my, my late twenties, early thirties, I said, I don't know what a fund is, but I, I, I don't care if it takes me one year or five years or 20 years. I was going to figure out what a fund was and how to go out and launch and start when he goes, that's what we did. And he goes, me and your dad about eight years ago, or seven, eight years ago, launched a fund. And we currently today at the time, they had $8 billion under management, $8 billion. To put that into perspective, and this is, they're doing multifamily real estate, real estate Mm -hmm. fund, Cardone Capital, right? Everyone, Grant Cardone, everyone knows him. Cardone Capital today, I believe has Mm -hmm. about 1.7 to Mm -hmm. about 2 billion under management, right? Yeah. At the time, this is like five years ago, they were four times bigger than Cardone Capital is mm-hmm. today. And now they're over $25 billion under management. Just crazy, crazy what they're, what they're doing. And so I was enthralled. I was very intrigued. Like, how'd you guys do this? And they, they, they he's like, I didn't, I, he didn't graduate college. The other guy, um, my dad barely graduated college. I mean, grew up in ghetto North Las Vegas. Like, how'd you guys do this? And I've always heard find a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked about in the show, like yeah. always find mentors. So I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see this guy's can mentor me. Right. Like that's the way to do it. So I said, Hey, can you be my mentor? I'd love to learn from you. I'd love to learn more. And he goes, he goes, Bridger, go talk to your dad. Mm-hmm. Your dad knows way more about this than I do. And I, I was like, no, hold on. No, my dad, he, we, we live in a, a small house. He drives a crappy car. Like, <laughs> no, I want to learn from you, bro. Like you're the one. And he goes, he's like, Bridger, <laughs> sorry to break it to you, but me and your dad make about the same amount of money. And my chin about dropped to the floor. I was like, what? Like, well, you say what? And I, and I, I left his house. I drove straight to my dad's house. I was like, dad, what the heck? Like, why, why you have all this money? You're not telling why, why are you driving a crappy? Like, why haven't I been able to order like 
dessert at the restaurant for 25 years because it's too expensive. And all of a sudden you're making millions of dollars apparently. And anyways, he, he laughs and he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, we're making good money. Um, he goes, I like to save and invest my money. My business partner likes to spend his money and show off his money, but yeah, we, we run these funds. And my dad, to give him a ton of credit though, he really lived the millionaire next door lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He hasn't read that book. He lived that to a, a T and when his kids moved out of the house, he went and bought a huge house and has nice cars and all the fun stuff now. But as <laughs> I think he did that to help us, his sons and, and, and kids grow up. And so anyways, long, I'm getting too long winded, cut me <laughs> off whenever you'd like. Um, long story short though, my dad teaches me about funds, yeah. how funds work, how they're structured, how they're put together, the whole thing. And what's interesting is when you start to learn about something, your, your kind of antennas go up, right? And you start mm-hmm. to recognize that thing in the world. And so I started to look for any opportunity to launch a fund that I could. And about eight months later, I was at a, at the, a company I was working at and they, I, I was like, Hey, we could finance some of the clients. We had mm-hmm. a lot of people coming through. We could finance these clients. I thought it was a great idea. I talked to the owners. They loved the idea. I talked to my dad. My dad loved the idea. I was like, let's start a fund. Let's do this. So we got together. My dad, we put together the fund. We kind of helped me think through the fund, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. We got it all framed out. We're excited. This is going to be awesome. And I was like, shoot. Now I've got to raise money. And I, for whatever reason, I overlooked this step of like, that's the one thing you need for a fund, right? I don't know why I overlooked it, but like, you need money. Like that's, that's what a fund is. It's for investors to put money in. And so I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? And I thought, aha, I'm gonna go talk to my dad, right? My dad's rich, apparently has tons of money, doesn't spend it on fancy cars and houses. And so like, great, I'm going to pitch him. And so I remember I went and pitched my dad. Um, It's late Sunday night. I walked into his office, sat down and said, dad, I, you know, how would you like to be our first investor into the fund? And he kind of laughs and he goes, Bridger, um, if I invest in your fund, I would ruin the experience of you raising money on your own. And he said, no. And it was a big tough love moment between me and my dad. He said, no, I, I can't invest with you. And he said, your first investor is the hardest investor to find. Mm-hmm. And if I invest with you now, it'll be a crutch that you'll never be able to recover from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, okay. And he kicked me out and I, uh, I took him up on the challenge and I went, I went hit the street. I went balls to the walls and raised a whopping 49,000. It took me like three weeks, four weeks. I raised $49,000 for my first kind of syndicate fund, which is terribly small, probably the smallest fund to ever launch, but we launched, it was enough. We were doing small loans. They were like 2000 to $5,000 loans. I was like, let's get in, let's do it. So we launched and our first group of investors, we got them a 64% return wow. on their money. Um, since that, when we closed that and we launched a second fund, an actual like official fund, Form D, regular, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've raised and deployed millions of dollars and that second fund has been amazing. And then right now we're launching a third fund actually in real estate. You guys know you guys talk about real estate. We're mm-hmm. buying big box stores. We've soft raised about $18 million so far, raising about 35 million to go buy big box stores, renovate, flip them and, and convert them into all sorts of higher, higher use kind of items. And it's been, it's been awesome. It's been amazing to be in the fund world and to scale and grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been absolutely incredible. And so because of all that too, we, you know, my, so my dad, I, my brother and myself, a lot of people have asked us about how to launch funds, how to start them. And so that's why you mentioned at the beginning, we started investment fund secrets. So we started an online kind of training program. We have put videos of a podcast just to mm-hmm. pull back the curtain on the fund world. No one talks about yeah. this world. It's like this secret mystical ball. Like, I don't know what it is. And uh, it's actually not that complex. If you, if you kind of break it down, in simple words, it's not that crazy. And that's what we help people do. And we help other people launch the scale funds. It's been pretty cool to see the type of people that have come out. We've had 
one fund they just raised, they've gone from zero to $500 million in a wow. year since March, last March, about one year ago, $500 million in a year. Uh, we have a number of funds that have already gone over 10 million, a couple over 25 million. It's been, it's been incredible. And we've only done this for like less than a year and a half. So it's been pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I, I love yeah. the story. I've heard it before. I love it. I, I could keep hearing it over and over again. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So like in, in kind of like basic terms, you, you, you mentioned already, but what is like a fund, like on, in a very like basic sense, or like at least what, what, what could a fund pertain to? Like what kind of industry or business could it pertain to? Yeah. Good question. So I, I touched on it briefly, yeah. but basic terms, a fund is a pool of money, mm-hmm. right? And investors don't mean that typically that pool of money to go a little bit deeper is, is called a limited partnership. Mm-hmm. This is how 99% of funds are put together. So you have a limited partnership, the mm-hmm. fund, and then you have limited partners or investors, same mm-hmm. thing, just invest. They're called limited partners that come into the fund. Mm-hmm. And then me and you will set up a separate entity, mm-hmm. a separate entity called the general partner. And the general partner manages the limited partner. See, and the limited partners are limited, right? They're limited in their liability. They're mm-hmm. limited in the control. And the general partner is the fund manager, Mm-hmm. that manages the fund or limited partnership. And you can go buy assets. We can get a little bit deeper there too, if you want to, but they go buy different asset groups. So mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, private equity, right? Mm-hmm. Private equity spans from, you know, you're, you're doing a buyout of Best Buy or Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret or huge brands or all the way down to, I have a number of people in my group. They do private equity to teeny scale. Mm-hmm. They're, they're buying Amazon businesses for $50,000. I have one group, actually, they, they raised, I, I, it's around about, it's about a quarter million dollars. So nothing crazy, two, 250 grand. They went and bought five Amazon businesses mm-hmm. from these, you know, 21 year old guys. Like, yeah, 50 grand sounds great. I'll sell my business, whatever. They're like, great, we'll buy them. Yeah. Bought them up, group them together. And under yeah. one roof, they can scale and they can kind of have economies of scale a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in one year, those those five businesses are cash flowing around 350 grand net profit mm-hmm. a year. They mm-hmm. bought them for 250. And so what they did is they just paid back their investors. Yeah. And they kept the business. They keep all five. Mm-hmm. The cash flow pays off the investors with like a nice, you know, 20% return or something. Investors are great. I got 20%. This is awesome. And now they have five businesses that are cash flowing 350 grand a year. And they could sell today for three and a half, four million dollars if they wanted to. Um Pretty cool. So there's small scale private equity. Mm-hmm. Um, same, you know, hedge funds is a broad term of just trading mm-hmm. public stuff, but crypto falls in that cryptocurrency funds. Uh, we have a ton of those. We have Forex funds, people that are doing options or futures mm-hmm. and, and all everything in between um, in the hedge fund realm. We have debt funds, people doing loans, real estate funds. We have guys doing almond farm funds. We have people doing solar farm funds. We have people doing green energy. I mean, we have people doing pretty much anything you can think of that needs money to be raised. Mm-hmm. A fund is a really lucrative way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that kind of answer your question? Sorry. I, I, I don't know if that got into it. No, no. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, and I, I, what I got from that is pretty much like, as long as you have a business, if it works, like money's not a money's not a problem. And I see this too, in the insurance side too, as a financial planner and insurance agent, like for example, like you could buy an insurance agency that has already cash flow attached to it. Like it would make, for example, like $200,000 a year in cash flow. You could buy it for like three times that annual rate. And this is something like a private equity firm would do, right? They would go out and just buy a whole bunch of insurance agencies, pool them together, pool all the employees together, maybe make it into one company. And then they could do more things because, you know, like, let's say, for example, I just own one insurance agency with the help of private equity. I can go into like five insurance agencies and now help more and more people do that. What hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool. What you can do. I've seen people do dental practice. I mean, it's really <laughs> cool. What you can do, you can do a lot. Yeah. 
like what if like for example like i want to do this like you know today like what what are some of the first steps i could do to implement you know starting a fund what what like the on a you know basic sense first steps yeah um number one mm-hmm. is first off like like i didn't learn what funds are mm-hmm. right? you got to be educated in how funds are put together and what they're structured and what they're doing that's what we help teach people to do right so mm-hmm. number one understand the game mm-hmm. and understand what's going on the players of the game but number two and we teach the uh, we we call it the fund launch formula and this is how we teach people to launch and scale funds. Most people, if you're, and I'm guessing listeners on the show, like, hey, I get what a fund is, kind of. Um, I, I want to launch, but I don't know how to do it. Most people, if you <laughs> read anyone online or blogs or Wall Street, this is what they'll tell you to do. They say, go hire a lawyer mm-hmm. for $50,000 and or 30 grand. It's usually 30 to maybe even 70 grand, kind of in that range. Mm-hmm. Hire a lawyer. They'll put together your docs. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go pitch investors and hopefully investors are going to put money in. If they don't, uh, well, shoot, maybe you have to adjust. And, and if, and actually, actually, if they don't, you're still stuck with a $30,000 legal bill, right. Yeah. With lawyers. And so <clears throat> that's kind of the traditional way they teach. And it's, it's fine. It works for some people. It's very inefficient though, because you are, you're putting all this money up front. It stops a lot of people from launching funds. You're like, man, I don't want to write a $30,000 check like with on a hope that we raise some money. Why don't I just do a syndicate or something else? So we teach people to do the lean way to launch funds. Mm-hmm. We call it the, the fund launch formula where you actually do the legal docs last. Mm-hmm. So what you'll do, number one, uh, I think the first step back to your question, right? How do you get started? Mm-hmm. Number one, in find an, an incredible deal. And I say deal mm-hmm. kind of in quotes, mm-hmm. find incredible deals. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to get in, like we mentioned, private, if we find a great business, couple businesses to buy mm-hmm. or find a, a partner. That's the other thing too. If you're not the, I'm not, per, by the way, I am not that great of an investor. Mm-hmm. I don't profess to be like this young, great investor. I I'm, I'm an average investor, probably an average Joe, but I know how funds run really mm-hmm. well and I know how to raise money. And I partner with really good investors. Like our new mm-hmm. fund with big box real estate. I'm not a real estate investor. I don't know. If, I know like two things about real estate, yeah. but my partner's I've done it for 35 years, right? So I partner with guys that have really great deals Uh lined up and it makes it so easy to go out and raise money. We can dive into that too about, you know, raising money. But when you pitch a deal to an investor Mm -hmm. over just, hey, I'm I'm from Harvard. I'm very smart and sophisticated. Put some money with me. It's, and and I've seen this from a number of fund managers I've talked to nine times out of 10, they say the investor will pick the person with the deal Mm -hmm. or with the actionable thing in front of them versus Hey, just trust me in a blind pool, put some money in and trust me over the next 18 months to deploy your capital. It's a lot easier to say, Hey, we've got a property in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. We're getting it for 20% off mm-hmm. and we got to close by the end of the month. You want to put money in or not? Yeah. Versus, Hey, we're from Harvard. We're, we're, we plan to find some property over the next 24 months in Miami. It's going to be nice. And a lot easier to pitch a deal over the degree. And so I would say, number one thing, start getting in the game of finding incredible deals. And, and with number two, with funds, take off the blinders of, I don't have capital. Go start operating as if you have unlimited amounts of money. And because I think too many people think small mm-hmm. and real estate's a great example. Hey, I can only do a fourplex or maybe an eightplex. Yeah. Everyone and their dog can buy a fourplex right now. You know what I mean? Like everyone can grab a grandma and an aunt and a cousin and put some money together and buy a duplex. Not very many people can buy a 200 unit apartment complex, right? That's what a fund allows you to do is to get to the bigger levels of, of asset classes. Real estate's a great example, right? Mm-hmm. My, my dad's funds, they do multifamily. They do not do anything below 200 units. 
Yeah. Because when they, you know, they bid on a property, 250 units, there's two bidders. I mean, them and one other person. Right. And they, and they're like, Hey, we have a fund. We can close cash on next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. They usually get five to 8% discounts. Then they get below the other bidder Mm -hmm. because they can close with a fund. Um, right now you go bid on a duplex. It depends on your state, but man, it's yeah, yeah. 20 people. There's 20 people that are bidding and you're going you're going over asking price. It's crazy. Oh, exactly. right now. Mm-hmm. A fund allows you to scale. So, so start to think in, in terms of if money wasn't an, wasn't a problem, what would I do? And where can I find alpha mm-hmm. right now? We've printed so much, there's so much money supply in the world, so much dry powder. It's crazy. We can talk about that too. If you want, <laughs> I love talking about that. It's like my rabbit hole. I go down, but um, there's so much money. So that's what I say, uh, start looking for great deals or find operators who already are doing these deals. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful last thing I'll say, sorry, I'm going long yeah, here. You're, I'm you're getting fine, scattered <laughs> when you talk to people about funds, their eyes light up. Mm-hmm. Like when you tell people you're running a real estate investment fund or a private equity fund or a hedge fund at a dinner party, people want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. They're like, wait, hold on. Tell me a little bit more. Like what? And you're like, no, no, no. Like I let's move around the table. It's all, you know, no, no. Everyone's like, stop. I want to hear about your private equity deals. What are you doing? And you'd be surprised how easy it is to attract good partners. Mm-hmm. when you know how funds, it's like a, it's like a buzz. It's weird. It's like a buzzword. Like for instance, my example, I, mm-hmm. I went and found these two partners on this new fund. These guys, one dude's done real estate for 25 years, done over a thousand properties, property manager, done all sorts of stuff. The other guy is on the board of Intel. And I start talking about funds. Hey, I'm doing funds. I want to start a fund. You know, we're doing another fund. And he goes, and both of them, Hey, I want to team up. I want to be a part of a fund. I, cause they can see the, the next level. It's actually not as hard as you think to recruit good talent because everybody that's that knows about funds wants to be in funds and just no one knows how they work and operate and so if you're the one that's confident knows how they run and operate and can put it together the house Mm -hmm. um you're in a good spot um now when it comes to like raising capital there's rules behind it right you can't just like post on like facebook like invest in my fund right there's compliance that goes behind it what are some compliant ways of of finding investors. So let's say I got my deal. I have the plan already set up. I know where to go now. Now I need the investors. How can I go do that compliantly and legally? Great question. So now it, de- it depends on the fund type you do. Some mm-hmm. funds you can publicly advertise. Mm-hmm. Um, 506C funds for C as in cat C mm-hmm. funds. You can publicly advertise where our, my new fund is going to be a 506C. We're actually, the okay. docs are getting done like this week. So nice. I, I, maybe by next week I can talk all about it. Um, <laughs> And uh, regulation A funds, you can publicly advertise as well, crowdfunding you can do, but most funds mm-hmm. are filed under, it's called 506B uh, funds, mm-hmm. regulation D, 506B funds. You cannot publicly advertise. That's why you don't see a Blackstone billboard or KKR <laughs> billboard, yeah, like, yeah. They, because it's against the law yeah. for them to advertise. Um, so you're like, wait, how do I find investors? It's done. It's crazy. It's done by word of mouth and by broker dealers and investment advisors. So okay. um a few ways to go about it. And, and you might be a like, crap. That's going to be hard. It's we live in a small world mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually not as hard as you think. So the first thing I would say when looking and you're asking about how to actually find the high net worth people, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. So number one thing I'll say, they're looking for you. <laughs> that's the first thing I'll say. People like forget that you talk to any high net worth, any family office currently right now, they are having problems with deploy- deployment. Mm-hmm. They need to deploy capital. They are looking for great deals to put money into all the time. They family offices have a full-time team. Mm-hmm. They've hired to go find you. Okay. So just 
remember that people are looking for you. Okay. That's the first thing they get together. Utah. Like, I mean, I live in Salt Lake city, Utah, of all places, right? Salt Lake city. We have two angel groups. We have the yeah. Salt Lake city angels and the park city angels. They meet once a month and they are looking for people to come and pitch them like a shark tank style pitch. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any major city you're in is going to have groups like this investor groups that get together that are actively looking for you. Okay. So just remember that, that people are looking for you. People are looking for yield. We have $18 trillion at negative interest rates in Europe. Mm-hmm. People are looking for yield. They're buying negative bonds. Okay. They're looking for yield, right? People are looking for a return. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's the first thing I'll say. People are looking for you. Secondly, start telling everyone, you know, that you're in the fund business. And I, this is what I tell people to do. So number step one in the fund launch formula, you find a great deal. Mm-hmm. Number two, frame the deal out. And what I mean by frame is just get on Excel, mm-hmm. put together all the numbers, put together a PowerPoint presentation. Do not file your legal docs yet. And this is what I do. I go and talk to everybody I know that's a mentor, anyone with money. Hey, and I say, can I, hey, we're we're coming out with a new fund or a new, maybe it's a real estate project, whatever. Can I come pitch you and get some feedback on my pitch and all that kind of stuff? That's how I first start. And some people that I know that are mentors, things like that. Yeah, come pitch me. And I do actually run through my whole pitch Mm -hmm. and I'll pitch them on different, um, different, actually I'll, I'll take probably five pitches and I'll do five different pitches mm-hmm. and I'll see which pitch kind of did the best and which one did the worst. And I'll have them ask questions to me. Do you hate, we're going to do a, you know, an 80, 20 split or a 70, 30 split, or I'm going to charge 3% management fees. I'm going to charge 0% management fees. Right. And I, I test out my pitch with investors. Mm-hmm. And so you get a lot of great feedback and I ask them to poke holes in my pitch mm-hmm. and I'll say, Hey, can I come back in a month? And if I fix all these holes, can I, can I repitch you? And they go, yeah, sure. Whatever. Right. And, um, and what it does, number one is those founding investors build it with you and you can tailor your fund to them. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you can get soft commitments. So you can say, Hey, if you weren't able to poke any holes, maybe you get to the point, Hey, poke some holes in this. They can't poke holes. Well, if you can't hope poke any holes, what would stop you from investing? They go, well, you know, I, you know, and they go, well, if you can't poke any holes, you can see it's a great investment. You're coming right in. Can we put you down for $500,000 in a soft commitment? We're getting all of our legal docs done in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, can we put you down for a soft commitment? And what I'll do is I'll go around and get soft commitments from just people I know. This is, this is people I already know. They already know, like, and trust me, mentor mm-hmm. kind of people. I will try to get soft commitments from them. And once I get a, a few soft commitments, I'll get more and more. And that, that builds confidence in my deal and in my pitch. Mm-hmm. And if, if they don't want to put soft commitments in, you go, well, why not? And if they, you know, I don't like the deal. Well, I can go back and change the deal up. Maybe I, maybe we got to add something else or do something different, bid on a mm-hmm. different one or whatever it is and tweak it. Sorry, I'm getting off on tangents here, but that's, that's kind of how I'll go about it. And then, um, and then once I have enough soft commitments, then, and only then I'll go do the legal docs and pay okay. the 30 grand because I know I've got a couple million dollars already lined up, Yeah, come in. And so I pay, do the legal docs. Legal docs are reimbursable. Mm-hmm. by the fund, which is awesome. So I have the 30 grand, the fund, you know, it's a startup cost of the fund. So the fund will pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our, you know, in our groups and programs, we, we help people launch funds for like eight grand, 12 grand, a lot okay. cheaper okay. because we know what fund we save our lawyers a lot of time just because mm-hmm. lawyers bill by the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, that's what we do there. And, and that's kind of how I, at the beginning stages go about raising capital. Um, I, I kind of do the small, short, you know, just, and this is me personally, or a partner of mine, we'll go just talk to our network of people. Now, everyone is going to, wow, once you, once you get started, everyone's going to have like a cousin or a brother-in-law or somebody, hey, if I bring you an investor, can I make a little split? Can I make a fee? Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone's going to ask you, and you go, well, do you have a license? Do you have a series 65 or a series seven? 
at a broker dealer and can't, you're going to earn fees or commission. They go, and most of the time they go, no, I don't. And you go, well, sorry, it's against the law mm-hmm. for me to pay referral fees or commission mm-hmm. to other people that are, are raising money for me. Now, if you're raising money for your own project, mm-hmm. you can, you don't have to have a license to raise money. I currently do not hold any licenses mm-hmm. because it's your own deal, mm-hmm. right? You are selling shares in your own deal and, mm-hmm. and you're not publicly advertising. Mm-hmm. You can do that without a license. Now it depends. And I'm going to say that with a, with a, it depends on the type of fund, real estate funds. Yes. Venture capital funds. Yes. Hedge funds um, depends on the hedge mm-hmm. fund and what you're doing. Hedge funds, you, you probably are going to need a 65 mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. Um, and uh, I'm talking small early stage funds, right? Mm-hmm. Um so there's a few exemptions for different types of funds. So just take that with a, with a grain of salt. If you're going to charge management fees and stuff like that, you might need a, a 65, depending on the type of fund you're doing as okay. well. But um, yeah, I, I ran funds for four years. I do not hold a, any licenses. Okay. Because number one, I haven't charged management fees. I only charge performance fees mm-hmm. and I take certain types of investors and, um, and I follow the rules, right? I understand the rules of the SEC and I don't need them right now. Okay. Um, so, and then our next funds are real estate fund. We have exemptions that we can get out in real estate funds. So, okay. sorry, that was a mess of an answer. Uh, yeah. Get me back on track here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for no worries. Now, I want to kind of flip the table over. Now we're talking about starting a fund, the benefits of doing that. But what about the other side? Why would somebody um, invest in a fund as a as an investor rather yeah. than going to the stock market or a mutual fund or a brokerage account like through mainstream conventional investing? Why would they invest in in a smaller fund through uh, through somebody? It's a great question. So number one, the first thing I'll say, the 2007, 2008 crash, mm-hmm. two, I, I know of two industries that were not touched, really not phased by the crash. Number one was uh, emerging market microfinance investing, doing like these small group loans in Uganda mm-hmm. um, were not touched. Actually, it was really cool to see that. Then the, the second one was hedge funds. Mm-hmm. Hedge, hedge funds performed very well through a crash. And it's a, it's a way of diversification. Essentially, what you're saying as an investor, you are hiring a fund manager mm-hmm. that's going to, that can, in a hedge fund, right? You're, you're hiring Bill Ackman to go and, and you're trusting in Bill Ackman to go pick stocks better than you, right? Mm-hmm. In venture capital and, and in real estate and things like that, you're hiring managers to full-time, 100% go and manage capital and beat the market time and time again. Um, and a lot of funds actually have proven that they're, they're usually, you know, it's, it's, so it's, you think about an allocation, a lot of asset managers will say, Hey, you know, only allocate 10 to 20% of your net worth to private, you know, I guess mm-hmm. we call it alternative investments, private mm-hmm. equity type of funds. Um, I'm a limited partner in three funds mm-hmm. and kind of the, the pros of it. Number one, you're completely passive. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get into real estate and you're like, man, I run a big tech company. I, I, yeah, I could do real estate, but it's a lot of time. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, tenants, toilets, and termites, right? <laughs> and it's like, dang, I don't want to do that. Even if you hire a, a manager, like a property manager, it's still, there's work and mm-hmm. stuff. And you, f- you go to a fund. I'm, a, I'm a, an investor in two funds, limited partner. You okay. literally sign a paper and you mm-hmm. write them a check and you f- don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. They send you a check every six months or a year, whatever they're doing or quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And you're, you're, you know, in my, the funds I'm in, I'm expecting anywhere from a 12 to about a 20% return a year on mm-hmm. those funds. And you wouldn't get that in the stock market or. You yeah. Know. I mean, and it depends if, if you want to be the best stock picker ever, you know, if you're just going to passively invest, I guess the S and P, you know, you're somewhere anywhere from six to 10% probably just passively, which I think you should do. I think you should have part of your portfolio yeah. there doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, financial, legal advice, whatever yeah. disclaimer, mm-hmm. but I, I, that's what I do. 
but I think a lot of people want to allocate to different asset classes. Another, you know, venture capital, mm-hmm. you're hiring a, a fund, a person that can, you know, five days a week, they're going to have people coming and pitching and they're going to be deploying your capital and mm-hmm. it's very passive. So mm-hmm. that's the second thing. So very passive investment, you get to diversify. So the other, that's the other great thing too. So instead of, if you've got $10 million, instead of putting it into one property, mm-hmm. you put it into a real estate fund mm-hmm. that goes out and buys 200 properties. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now you're a, a, a part investor into 200 properties rather than one the the single investor in a $10 million property. Mm-hmm. And so you get that diversification there and then you're hiring fund managers and you got to do your research on these fund managers, but a lot of them have beat the market mm-hmm. year over year for a lot of years. And so it's, I think it's a, I love it. I think it's, it's a fantastic way to grow your wealth. Um, some of the funds, the top funds, they won't let you in anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Jim Simon's medallion fund, they haven't taken investors since I think like 2005. Mm-hmm. And they, apparently they report investors are getting anywhere from like 40 to 60% returns wow. every year in their fund. And to give him a check, I think you had to have a $3 billion net worth, right? Something like that. And a hundred million dollar commitment minimum to get in their funds. These are the type of funds, like these are like Ray Dalio's funds. You yeah. have to have a $5 billion net worth and a minimum of a hundred million dollars to even talk to them. Wow. That's how, that's how exclusive these funds are and how high, cause smart money's going there. There's a lot of good returns there. And mm-hmm. anyways, that's me rambling on, but I, I'm a true believer in alternative funds for that reason. Now there's some poor funds for sure. I'm not a big believer in mutual funds. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fund active management, uh, fund managers that are buying alternative assets. Mm-hmm. And, and what could, how could you help people do this? That obviously you know a lot about the subject. How could you share this with other people? And besides your podcast and, and guest podcasting and on YouTube, more on a closer approach, how can you help people? Yeah. So we, we launched, so investment fund secrets, we have, <laughs> bless you. excuse me. Um, we have online, we, we launched an online program to do, to help people. So we have an online program, um, and coaching and stuff that we help sit people down. And, and again, we don't teach how to invest. We mm-hmm. teach how to structure the fund, how to put together, how to think through the fund, how to raise capital. We give people Excel templates and legal documents. That's what we try to do. And just because most people it's like, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. The alternative is hiring a lawyer for mm-hmm. 500 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't, you don't want your lawyer to also be your teacher. <laughs> Cause they will, they love to teach and they'll teach very slow and methodical and they'll teach you about all the rules you need to know, you know, over time. Anyways, it's really slow way to go. So we, we've decided to we launch a course and programs and stuff like that, just to help educate people on funds and how they work and how they're structured, how to put one together, how to launch one, what the options are. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different options in funds. I mean, you can, and options by meaning different types of funds you can set up. Mm-hmm. And so we help walk people through that and, and just educate them on it. And then um, more one-on-one coaching will help people tailor their pitch together. We actually will connect people to investors and we have access to lots of software and stuff that can help them run their fund more efficiently and help just with all the kind of the backend work of funds. We kind of help do that. That's our idea. How long is typically the course for? The, uh, the program. So we have two, we have a, we, we call it our mastermind program and mm-hmm. our black card, our black card program is like our top tier, mm-hmm. our black card program. Um, you know, it's, it's go at your own pace. We try to put it in weeks and stuff. We have like, it's a 12 week program. We try to do weeks, but it's really go at your own pace. Some people go through all 12 weeks in a week right, and learn it all. And, and then they hop on calls, let's go from there. So it's really go at your own pace. Um, some people can launch. We've had a couple of people seriously join and launch their funds within 30 days. They were there 
got the idea, got investors, launched a fund and raised $5 million in 30 days. It was like, wow, it was incredible. Other people, it's like, you know, six, eight months, which I think is kind of standard. I got to get the idea together, get partners. It's a, turning a fund is, it's not like starting a Amazon business or mm-hmm. starting a little funnel thing. Like it's, it's like, it's a big deal, right? Yeah. Running a fund. It's not, it's not something to just kind of lightly do. You're taking investor capital. You got to do it the right way yeah, and yeah. make sure you're client makes you're doing the right way. So I would say the, you know, if someone today was like, Bridger, I want to start a fund like right now. And they joined our program. I, I could see them up and running with capital in the bank ready and all done in, in six months. That's kind of what, what we look at even, I mean, even shorter, maybe even three or four months, mm-hmm. but longest, I would say six months if they're ready to go and get into it. So. Okay. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like, you know, you could probably recoup the cost of the program just from one, one of the funds, a, a portion of the funds that you raise, you know, on a, on a low end, you can probably recoup the whole cost of the course in like six months, six to eight months. So it sounds like just the course itself, the program is a really good investment. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and it's, and we talk about funds, you know, a huge fund, but a lot of people do syndications as well. Yeah. So syndicating, just getting money together for a one property or one buyout. Mm-hmm. We've had a number of people do that in the first couple of weeks. Hey, I joined, you know, first month, I've already done a syndication. The syndication made me $60,000. Yeah. Great. Right. That definitely recoups, you know, the, the, the cost of a program, but yeah. even like the education of funds, Yeah. I'll just say this too. Um, and I don't, I don't want to toot my, we're on your show. I don't want to talk about our stuff a lot, yeah. but, uh, yeah. this is, and this isn't about my show, but this is about the, ed- just educating yourself on anything. And I, I kudos yeah. people that listen to podcasts and stuff. I, a few years ago, was invited to go to a meeting to, that where these guys were going to launch a fund. And the one guy, was he's a, he's a really good real estate guy. He really likes me. We're good friends. His name's Mike. Bridger, I want you to come to this meeting. I said, okay, I, I want to go. We've got two other guys coming. These guys are like, they were seriously legit. One, the one dude has raised over $100 million for different projects and deals. The other guy had done um, hard money loans. He's done like uh, $200 million of hard money loans and all this other stuff. Pretty legit guys. And uh, they're all twice my age. I show up to this meeting and they, they blatantly leave me out of the conversation. It was very obvious. And we sat at the table and they very, it was very obvious. They kind of cut me out. They didn't want me there, the two guys. And they just kind of like, ah, Bridger, like, we don't want him here. He's a young, young guy. Like let's, they were all in their forties. Like, Hey, no, we're doing this. Cause we're all, you know, the three of us, not Bridger. So I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like sheepish in this room. Like, what do I say? And we're doing work. And they're whiteboarding stuff out and planning things out. And I, um, Finally, they're talking about doing a fund. They want to do an opportunity zone fund. They're going to buy assets in opportunity zones, real estate, and build them up and stuff. And I raise my hand. I go, hey, um, real quick, what are you guys going to do on, uh, you guys going to do an American waterfall or European waterfall? Are you guys going to do, what are you guys going to do for pref or catch up or carried interest or your high watermark? And their faces kind of like went blank. And if you guys know anything about funds, those are yeah. kind of basic terms, but they were like, what? And they're like, hey, what do you mean? And I was like, well, let me let me explain for a second. I went up to the whiteboard and I started to map out how funds are structured. And I went through, you know, investment advisors and general partners and broker notes, you know, what licenses you need and all the stuff. And in about six or seven minutes, my clout in the room went from zero dirt, like worthless <laughs> <laughs> to they wanted me to be an equal business partner with them in the fund. You spoke their language because I learned what, what a fund was. Mm-hmm. And I love the old quote, um, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. And so I tell people that, that story that joined the, our, our programs and stuff, you know, maybe you don't, heaven forbid, you don't even launch a fund in two years. Heaven forbid. Just imagine in your next job interview, 
or when you're talking to partners and you can talk the language of funds and you know how they're structured and work, do you think they're going to hire you or not? Do you think they're <laughs> going to give you a raise or, or bring you in the partnership or not? Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't, who cares if, who cares if you start a fund in one year or five years or 20 years, mm-hmm. you still got a fund, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. uh, and that's, I, I tell people that's, that's our goal as well as, you know, for some people that are like, Hey, I just want to learn more about this industry. hundred percent. That's, that's what our goal and strategy is as well. So I think that's, that's crucial for, for all education and anything, just being, being ready and understanding how the game is played. Well, Bridger, you, you've been a fantastic guest. I really appreciate all the, the content, everything you mentioned. It's, it's definitely like changed a lot or giving me a lot of influence as far as um, how, how this works. Um, how can listeners connect with you and learn about you and, and your program? Yeah, so our stuff is called Investment Fund Secrets. So Investment Fund Secrets, we have a podcast show, YouTube, whatever. The easiest way to connect with me is probably Instagram. So Bridger <laughs> underscore Pennington is my handle. Shoot me a DM. I, we, re, we respond to all DMs currently. We'll see if that's the case in the future. But right now, if you shoot me a DM, we'll respond and we can get back to you. So um, just say, hey, I heard you on, you know, on the podcast on Sari's podcast and, and or Sari's podcast and, and you know, reach out there. And that's a great way to do it. So, but yeah, we've got, we try to put out good content to help people understand how funds work. So it's a great way to find it. It's Investment Fund Secrets. Perfect. And I'll be sure to put all the links in the show notes. So that way you can just click and and find you and and connect with you. Bridger, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hopefully we can reconnect soon. Thank you. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you grow more wealth, please visit www.finassetprotection.com. That's F-I-N assetprotection.com. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal accounting or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.